From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Who's pro boss? Nobody. I mean, I am at Lotus Rock. I love these people. <laughs> One of the most disgusting things I've ever witnessed. I, I honestly was repulsed. They're chubby and fat. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here as the company. Big show to get into. A good guest on the way as we'll talk to our buddy Dave Koken towards the end of the hour. Get a little baseball in here in hour number one. Our Broncos preview, uh, Broncos number 25 in our Cofield and Company power rankings so nick ferguson who does radio on the fan in denver and also played for the broncos will join us in a little over an hour all right here's what's trending at three o'clock it's trending at three presented by nova home loans call now at 877-700-NOVA right out of the gates i do have to throw uh an audible your way because we exchange ideas on a rundown we actually have a whole rundown and follow it very strictly you could hear it on yesterday's show um you know, they're doing the Field of Dreams baseball game. We did have a rundown. I, I, I trust you did. I was kidding. Uh, you always do. You always do. Uh, Field of Dreams baseball game is coming up later this week. Sure. So uh, they're out near Dubuque, right? I saw the field. Yeah. What do you think? Looks cool. Yeah. Looks very cool. I'd love to play a baseball game there. I was very concerned as a Yankees fan. I'm like, this field better be up to snuff. Well, I mean, they've had enough injuries already. I don't think you need anybody else getting hurt out right? there. Uh, Running into the cornfield and... Running in a Ray Liotta. So wait, are you gonna? Are you gonna? We talked about this for like an hour yesterday. Oh, only, you did only because of the hot dog. Yes, I saw the yeah. uh, the apple <laughs> apple pie hot it's dog. An apple pie hot dog. It's a guy Fieri. An apple pie crust baked around a hot dog with a apple pie filling, a bacon jam, and sugar on top. I like it. I except I don't think you can put mustard on it. I'm a mustardaholic, but I would try it. Yeah, anything by I'm Guy out. Fieri is I'm, I'm down with. I'm out. I figured. You're not very adventurous. I just don't know what the point of that is. Uh, baseball. Apple pie, baseball, America? Exactly. Okay. Yep. Why not? And bacon. Bacon. Nothing more American than bacon. There's nothing more American. Yeah. I had bacon. I had regular bacon today. Wow. From a meetup. It was very good. Twist it? Put it in the air fryer. No, I didn't twist it today. Okay. Uh, the regular bacon doesn't twist as well as the turkey bacon. But I, yeah, I sure. talked about the uh, twisty bacon method. It's not bad. Well, you, you only eat things off TikTok. I learned that today, too. Uh, yes, yes. I was, I was, I was, I was uh, a victim of scorn for that. True. Uh, but I, I had a lot more to say after that conversation. Like, you may want to look at TikTok because the people under thirty count, or you may actually want to try restaurants before crapping on them. <laughs> Would be the better message. But anyway, um, there is a billboard now in Dubuque on the route to Dyersville, wherever that is. That's where the actual field is, like twenty-five miles west of Dubuque. I don't know Iowa. Geography. I don't really want to know anything about Iowa. I know enough about Iowa. I don't like it. We keep. I keep spiraling off of your topic here, but I actually received an invite to Iowa today for for Sunday night. A couple of friends are in Iowa, and they're like, "You have to get here Sunday night for what?" Uh, it's. I guess it's the Iowa State Fair. Okay, those and, can be good in the Midwest. Well, I'll admit that uh, I'm not always pro Midwest because of the Big Ten now, but uh, state fairs in the Midwest can be good. They are quite gluttonous. They are, but there's also a concert with co-headliners at the Iowa State Fair of Boys to Men and Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh, wow. And I was like, 
Okay, I started looking at flights, but then I realized it would be even though the Raiders are off Sunday, it's impossible to get home Monday morning. Where is it? Do you Unless know? I get a private Des Moines. Jet. I think it's Des Moines. Okay, I'm out though. I can't make it. So anyway, on the uh, route from uh, Dubuque to Dyersville, there is a billboard: Commissioner Manfred and the MLB blackouts. Well, I we I, are partners with Iowa on that front because if folks don't know, they're actually worse for some reason. Iowa, I think, has nine yeah. teams are blacked out of, and we're blacked out of what, like seven or eight in yeah. Vegas. Yeah, the and, only- it's been, and it's been forever. It makes no sense, and there should be a class action lawsuit for all of the years that we've been denied. Basically, what thirty percent of the baseball games were promised yeah. on the MLB baseball package. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair, and I think their argument would be. It's in place every year. You should read, should read the regulations. Um, well, why are we charged the same price? I agree. I agree. I think it's. I mean, I think it should ridiculous. be thirty percent cheaper. Yeah, but, but maybe uh, it is. Maybe I missed an update and they offer thirty percent cheaper in Iowa and and Vegas doubtful. for the baseball package. Doubtful. Uh, but yeah, Iowa is the only place that gets hit harder than us, which has always been kind of the, um, you know, the running thing of Iowa and Vegas, the two places that share the worst blackout policies in Major League Baseball. So I'm I'm glad that somebody there is taking advantage of. You know, the spotlight of Major League Baseball being on them for one day of the last century. And they can uh, they can hopefully make a difference. All right. And we'll get an update by the end of the show if you change your mind on going to see the big concert in Iowa and go to the Iowa State Fair. Unless somebody's got a private jet here that wants to fly on Sunday night flyback. What about uh, Cabby? I mean, he, I don't think he has a jet. Probably has a hookup, too. He knows a lot of people in Iowa, it seems like. it. Maybe That's he knows true. someone rich in Iowa can fly you uh, back and forth. Maybe. It's hopeful. I, don't, I actually just need a ride home, right? I mean, I could fly to Iowa Sunday morning. I just need a flight home afterwards to get to practice at 6.30. Did you look up flights? I was looking earlier. Not too bad. Okay. I got to tell some flight stories later in the week. Okay. I have another trip coming up, and I realize that uh, sometimes the discount airlines kind of get you. Yeah, with the fees? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, also training a little college basketball, a little college sports. Uh, Pop Hop, one of the big recruits uh, in Las Vegas, uh, actually prepping out of state. Richard Isaac Jr. now down to four schools. Got rid of Creighton, which we'll explain here in a second why that's a big deal. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Arizona State, and UNLV. Uh, UNLV would like a homegrown point guard. Uh, they tried. Unfortunately, uh, Zayon Collins screwed it all up with the uh, tragedy that went down. And uh, Pop Pop is kind of a late entry for UNLV because for some reason, um, and I guess all the eggs were in the basket of Zayon Collins, Alterberger wasn't recruiting Pop Pop at all. Well, yeah, and I think I think probably that was part of him too, saying like, "We already know who you're building your program around. Like, I'm not going to go play the same position." So Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Arizona State, and UNLV. Texas Tech immediately had me thinking, like, oh, "Beard," but I forgot he left. He's gone. But his uh, the assistant that he left behind is actually building a pretty good program. And then Hurley, and then uh, Oklahoma State. They're all good competition. But Creighton is out, and thank God. Enough of freaking Creighton. That's where uh, Art Kaluma wound up. Uh, you know, after he dropped his commit to UNLV, that's where he landed. Sure. And we know that Ryan Miller, the dreaded Ryan Miller, we like him, but he's a dangerous individual on the recruiting trail. Good dude, great former, recruiter, former UNLV assistant, arch enemy, arch enemy. Now, yes, yeah. we'll tell him face to face next time we see him, and then he'll say about a thousand words in one minute in response. And that's how he rolls. One of the more energetic guys sure. we've, we've come across. All right, I saw Grainy's column on uh, Desiree Reed, Francois moving on, and what's next. Is this true, or is it overblown? He says, uh, Keith Whitfield, the president, will make one of the most important hires in the history of the school's athletic program with this next AD. Do you agree? Uh, Yeah. 
I think so. I mean, because I think some people, we, there's a lot of snarky uh, folks around Las Vegas. I think a lot of folks would say, what does it matter? The ship has sailed. Or you're not getting to a Power Five conference. Well, and you could say, you know, hiring Tarkanian, probably a pretty big, probably pretty big hire. Uh, if you want to say what's the biggest hire in, in history, um, I, I think this is a, you know, this is a moment in the history of the athletics program where it's it's really live or die. And and it's not fair to say die because I've you know said repeatedly on here, I believe, you know, all but, you know, 64 or 80. Right. However you want to slice it up, all but 64 or 80 schools are going to be relegated to a second division. Right. So. At, at this point, if it all shook out, I assume UNLV would be in the second division. And that kind of, you know, it really puts a damper on, like, you still have a program, you still have athletics, but what is it? How much do people care? How much interest is there uh, at, you know, Division two schools? What Some kind of money can bases? your program bring in? Sure. If, uh, if, the, if TV's given out their, you know, their deals where schools in the top 64 are all getting, you know, 30 million plus, what's left? What, right. what, what are you in conferences that get like 5 million a school out of TV deals? Well, and how excited are people when, you mm -hmm. know, a big boy comes in and you, and you play a schedule of, you know, like will, this year. Will a big boy. Oh, you're saying now. Yeah, now. Like in the future, will a big boy. Yeah, they won't. Like, will you, if you're UNLV basketball, will you ever get to play Michigan as you are this year? Will UCLA play you? Will that top home. 64 or top 80, will they ever dip down into, you know, the have-nots? Sure, never at home. But, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, look at schools like, I mean, in football, if you want to look at the biggest of the big schools, and I don't necessarily know that UNLV would be this, but, like, uh, you know, a North Dakota State or an Appalachian or schools like that, where, like, everyone, yeah, one time a year you go on the road and play a big boy in football, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the time you're playing a lower division schedule, and that that's what you'll be. And in basketball, maybe two or three times a year you can go on the road and play somebody, but you're relegated to second division status. So, um, and, by the way, it might not even be like that. It might be at that point where they say, you know what? Big schools are only playing big schools. Right. So you're shut out completely. So this is this is a hire that I think the only thing should be every single person should brought in and said, what is your plan for getting to a Power 5 school, Power 5 conference? What is your plan? What connections do you have? Who do you know? How are you going to make this happen? Because that's really their only job. Granny also wrote, this, is, uh, this also isn't the time for another robotic response that the eventual hire must have ties past or present to the university. Didn't you guys discuss Lon Kruger at length the last couple of days? What do you mean? So that was wrong? Well, no, it's, it's that it's not a requirement. Okay. I, I agree with him. It's, it should not be a requirement at all. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of the, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the same old names. Uh, update on, and we'll get back to more of this with uh, Desiree Reed francois to Missouri, and I want to hear about your conversation that went down on uh, the Kansas City station, because I know you went on there, because uh, they cover a lot of uh, KU and Missouri and Kansas State. UNLV football moving some games around. There are now six games. Weekday games. Weeknight. Five weeknight, one weekday, but we'll call them weekday. Wonder why. Six weekday games. Why do you think it is? Because the Raiders said, you're not playing the night before us. So you don't think it's the demand by TV? I mean, that's part of it. You want to play as many games as you can on TV, and TV is much more open to a Friday game or a Thursday game because they need programming. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of it is, hey, the stadium's not available on Saturday night. It's all for you. Yeah, it's all for you. We, uh, uh, man, I took a photo. Have you heard that from the Raiders behind the scenes? No, but they off, need – Off the record? No, but we know that they need time. Yeah. To, get, to get the stadium set. Yeah, I don't think playing weeknight games, I mean, for TV exposure, if they can be competitive, it's very solid. I mean, the spots are very late. 
Right. They're very late. Like the San Diego State game is is on the 19th of November. The unfortunate part here is it's the same exact night an hour before the UNLV Michigan basketball game over at T-Mobile. One starts at 8.30, a football game at 8.30, and the basketball game goes down at 9.30, which is not that unusual. It's That's a little bit pushing yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, actually, UNLV fans will have to make the choice. I you think, can only go to one or the other. I think my plan will be to go to the first half of the football game and then walk over for basketball. Yeah, San Diego State in football and then Michigan in basketball. You're not going to be at the basketball game the entire time? Might be. I like to I like to do experiences like that where you can see both games. I think right in the same vicinity. I think it'll be a cool thing. I might try to do both. All right. Well, they're uh, they're going head to head basketball and football with the schedule change. But yeah, there's now six Thursday or Friday games during the UNLV season. Uh, got to walk around in the concourse, or not the concourse, the, the kind of the bowels of the stadium mm-hmm. more than I have uh, ever before. This last week with the practice at the stadium, we were down on the on the floor level and. Uh, Got to see the big, shiny, sparkly UNLV locker room. Nice little corner in the niched out in the, Explain. <laughs> in the bottom of the stadium. You think I they mean, got screwed on this too? Well, it, it's just that the – as to would be expected. This is not – I mean, it's not, a, it's not a breaking news flash or anything, but like the entire stadium is silver and black everywhere. Right. And then you, you turn this corner and you're like, oh, it's red. Oh, this is the UNLV locker room right here. Okay. That's nice. I, I'm sure it's nice inside. I'm sure it's lovely. But on the outside, it's like, oh, this little red corner, that's UNLV spot? Okay, that's nice. Uh, some NFL news uh, trending at 3 o'clock. Uh, no A-Rodge playing this weekend. Love's going to start. Uh, no A-Rodge, Aaron Rodgers, the entire preseason, according to Matt LaFleur. Same with Matt Stafford and the Rams. Rams have been through this before. He, sure. uh, Boy Genius does not like to play his quarterback during the preseason. Any worries with Aaron Rodgers not playing? <laughs> no. Not no. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played since 2018 in the preseason. Uh, 2019. Remember, there was no preseason last year. Uh, 2019, he was going to play one game and one game only. And if you remember, that was the weird turf game up in Winnipeg. He's like, "Nah, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Not playing." Let's scrap the whole freaking thing. Yeah. In so, so, uh, so yeah, he didn't play at all. 2019. Oh no, they didn't scrap it. They played on a uh, the small the field, field, yeah, uh, which was the, one of the dumbest <laughs> yeah. things ever. It was completely stupid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he didn't play in that game. So he's not played since 2018. I think he'll be just fine without a preseason. Uh, but I do love that it's now being called the Summer of Love. Yes, the summer of love. So, uh, love is going to get his chances for the uh, Packers while Aaron Rodgers gets rested and just works behind the scenes. Uh, also trending at three o'clock, Colts. It looks like maybe it's a two-headed quarterback race until Wentz is back. Wide open. Has Sam Ellinger, uh, Ellinger, the uh, six-round pick, actually pulled even with Jacob Eason? Eason is going to start this weekend in their preseason game, but. Ellinger is actually getting a bunch of the reps. They've been splitting 50-50 pretty much at practice the last couple of days. Uh, Frank Reich said, hey, it's nothing Eason did wrong. Ellinger's just been that good. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's got to be a little bit of both. Uh, but they are trying to figure out where to go with this. I still think if Wentz is out more than three or four games, they have to make a move. Well, interesting news today. Uh, on Twitter, a report that uh, someone was saying, no, it's not insignificant that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson were already back at practice today. No boot, no wraps. Just a week after both had foot surgery. Still a ways to go, but the team likes where both players are at. Yeah, I mean, I, we heard both were successful. I, I don't. I think it's so experimental, as, as we heard, that you know we don't know exactly where it's going to be, what, what kind of setbacks they might have, um, you know, how long they could just walk around and be fine, or if there's a rehab process involved. We don't know any of this stuff, and, and I think they have to figure it out. It's, it's kind of a, a waiting game and a play by ear with both of them. But yeah, sure, seeing them, I, like I said, I, you know, 
we have the Darren Waller situation going on right now with the Raiders, and nobody really knows what's going on there. But the fact that you see him is encouraging. Like that's sometimes that's all it takes to yeah. uh, to feel confident about a guy's being closer to health. Uh, coming up next, let's get a Darren Waller update. Also, uh, more words from Marcus Mariota and what he's looking for in the future and what happened in practice today. Sounds like the defense was ahead of the offense. All right, back here in Cofield Company. Adam Hill is here. Magnum running the controls back at the Finley Toyota Studios. Interesting story I just saw from Marcus Mariota. Check that. From Miles Simmons on Marcus Mariota on Pro Football Talk. I think this is based on your story. Uh, Marcus Mariota, quote, absolutely monitors QB landscape for potential starting opportunity. So you want to leave? Wait, did he cite me? Of course he does. I'm going to have to call. to make a phone call here. Yes. Okay. He says uh, he has a quote here. It is my goal to be starter again, so I do keep tabs on what's going on. Mariota said via Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Nice. Do you not read Miles, who's our guest at 420 today? He cites you guys all the time. I know he did. And he didn't. He probably didn't have to because he can watch the Zooms also. I mean, I'm you know we're there asking the questions, but you can watch the Zoom from anywhere. So I, I was just joking on that. But, yeah, uh, I thought it was an interesting answer. I thought it was a very honest answer. And I'll, I'll say this. God, Marcus Mariota is awesome when he's when he's talking. And we, this is what we heard from the people in Tennessee, uh, loved by teammates, loved by media, loved by everyone. Um, just a great dude, and it's the kind of guy you cheer for. But he knows the, the role he's in here. He understands. Like it's not like he's saying, "I'm going to take Derek's job." He's saying, "Listen, I'm I'm very happy being a backup here. I love being here. It's it's helping my career in terms of you know developing me and uh, getting me back to where I want to be as a player." But, of course, I'm looking out there and seeing, all right, who's hurt? Who needs a quarterback? Who's available? Um, you know, and he it was understood but not explicitly said that, you know, he's talking about this situation in Indianapolis where it's like, okay, they don't have a starter. If they need somebody and they want to go trade for somebody, maybe I'm that guy. And, uh, of course, I'm I'm interested in being a starting quarterback again at some point. You don't take that as a bad sign? That's what he's supposed to say, right? It's what he's – I mean, it's honest, for one. Uh, would you want him to say, like, you know, I came here to be Derek's backup, and that's awesome. That's how, Hopefully that's what I do the rest of my career. What would Derek say? Uh, well, I mean, Derek I mean, every quarterback operates differently. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks who would say, no, this is my team. I plan to be here for a long time. And, you know, if an opportunity comes up down the road, then it comes up. But right now I'm 100% focused on the Raiders. Uh, I think a lot of people are afraid to say, sure. you know, to deal with reality. Reality is Marcus Mariota wants to be a starter again. Of course. And if it happens here, it happens here. If it doesn't, then he's going to want to go somewhere else. And again, I thought I thought he was both diplomatic and honest of just saying, like, I, I know my role here. I know what my role is here. But what I want to do is start. And, you know, I, I monitor where that could be available. But my focus right now is preparing for a season and trying to get ready for, you know, our opening game against Baltimore, which is, is what he should be saying. But it's also honest in, uh, in your assessment. I think if you – Say you know, if you were to say other things, it would come off as disingenuous. And I think a lot of players do come off as disingenuous when they're talking. I didn't think this did at all. All right, good deal. Marcus Mariota, part of the story uh, that Adam wrote, picked up by Pro Football Talk. Uh, practice today after the festivities yesterday. Check that two days ago at the Al. Defense better than the offense today? Yeah, yeah. I thought the defense had a really good day. Um, no practice yesterday, so I think maybe uh, after the the Sunday practice at the stadium was pretty much dominated by the offense. Today seemed like a pretty good defensive day. 
a lot of turnovers forced. I know Mariota threw a couple of picks. Uh, Carr threw one that was uh, over the middle, a little high for Edwards, hit off the top of his fingertips and was def- was deflected and intercepted by Trayvon Mullen. And then uh, a couple of uh, couple of strips as guys ran down the sideline of players coming over, swiping the ball away from him and taking it away. So good, jo- good, good job, I thought, today by the defense kind of bouncing back. Any concern on the coach's part? Uh, or just another day? Well, no coaches talked today, so okay. no. Uh, there was a lot of yelling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we heard a lot. Of, we heard a lot of John Gruden. Heard a lot of Gus Bradley today yelling, which maybe he was trying to fire up the guys and you know wanted them to have a good. I know. Day I know. Careful, you guys have to be with what you see at practice and what you relay to us in the public. Yeah, it was tough, and, and people kind of were angry the other day because so many of us tweeted about certain things that were happening at practice. I don't know why you guys did that. What's the point? <laughs> we can see it. You can't, or is it? Damn, we wish we could say, but the Raiders. I think it's are that. restricting us. Not the, Raiders, the, the, league, the league does too. Okay, the league does it. I didn't get that. Way. I saw the tweets on Sunday. It's like something cool, really something cool just happened. Really cool just happened. Can't tell you. I think it was Friday. Was it Friday? All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a good point. It was. Yeah. Well, it was practice. Not. Yeah. Because Sunday. The, Sunday was open to everyone. Sunday, yeah. everybody was allowed to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so everything was open to uh, to tweeting. That's why the, you know, uh, the Damon Arnett hit kind of uh or was it sorry it was Trayvon Mullen hit uh kind of came out because you know everybody's allowed to watch so ordinarily if somebody gets hurt gets hurt at practice you can't say anything um I I, honestly I think and again it sucks because I can't really say what it is but the end of practice I guess it was it was Friday or Saturday that you're referring to the end of practice was so unexpected and so awesome that we're all like oh you can't say anything that sucks like it was frustrating to not be able to relay what we were watching, I guess, is the is the point. And I think that's why a lot of people went to Twitter. And you're right. I think there is a, a level of, like, why even say anything. But it was a very, very cool, like, last three, four minutes of practice. Is uh, Darren Waller going to play this preseason? God, God, no. No way? He'll be watching so, games with Aaron Rodgers. So how bad is his injury? Is he back for the beginning of the season? I think he's back for the beginning. Of the, I think if, if there was a regular season game this week, he could probably play. I don't know that for sure. Lower body, upper body, full body? They are not saying anything. Wow. Um, I have suspicions. I, I'm not going to speculate on what injuries are, but um, he's lifting. He's running without problems. I think uh, he looks fine. Uh, on Sunday, he ran out on the field, jogged out there with his team when they were introduced, didn't participate. Uh, today, I think their timing was a little bit off. I don't think they wanted the cameras to be on when he was out there, but uh, he was out on a far, far field uh, going through some workouts with some trainers. Looked great. Um, I, I think Darren Waller is close to fine, uh, but just being uh, being cautious with him right now and bringing him back slowly. And um, and and John Gruden talked about it. Like this isn't it's not ideal to not have your best player out there, uh, but at the same time, like everybody knows what he can do. And Derek Carr even said, "Hey, look, like on the practice field, just like in the games, when something's going wrong, I just throw it to him." He's like, "This is kind of giving me a chance to say, all right, who else can be that guy to step up and make a play when we need somebody to." Get up to LVSportsNetwork.com right now. we got a great contest going down. If you think what you have, uh, you have what it takes to be on the air. I don't because I can't even say it. But if uh, you think you're a potential on-air talent, you submit a, a video, 60 seconds or less, showing us what you can do. Your video may get played on the air during the uh, morning tailgate with Clay Baker on Raider Nation Radio 920. This is all on Raider Nation Radio 920, our sister station. Here's the cool thing. You send in the 60-second video. If you are the winner, you impress them the most as a potential on-air talent. Grand prize winner will also win a new flat-screen TV. Home and away Raiders jerseys. 
a cool Raider Nation light-up sign for your man cave and a two-foot classic sub from Porta Subs every week for the NFL regular season. You know how much it costs to get into this? Nothing. It's free, free, free! But you have to go up to lbsportsnetwork.com and submit your video ASAP. So get it together. Use your phone. Put together that video. Voting starts in uh, less than two weeks. So get your entry in at lbsportsnetwork.com. All right, rolling on on Cofield and Company here on a Tuesday. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield. All right, I didn't get your reaction to the uh, Josh Allen deal. Uh, do you hate the deal overall, or are you just more concerned about how you build a team now that you're paying a guy $45 million, which is what every organization faces, whatever he's getting, 43. Uh, Seattle's faced it in the past. The Chiefs are facing it right now. What's the bigger thing? Terrible deal because it's way too much money for a guy who isn't completely proven, or now they're going to be in salary cap hell in a couple of years? Um, I mean, both. I, I, I've Listen, this is not a – anti-Josh Allen thing um I mean there, there's part of that like I, I still have doubts about where he really is after two awful seasons one great one why don't you make him prove it again uh you gave him more guaranteed money than Pat Mahomes which is amazing uh but you know it, it is what it is quarterbacks are going to make a lot of money we get that part of it um I think it's really dumb to lock up quarterbacks to these kind of contracts unless they're named Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers and I know that Bills fans believe that Josh Allen is in that group. He's not. And so I was, I said it about Jared Goff the day that they signed the deal, the Rams closed their window on winning a title. Uh, I, I think the Bills have done the same. I mean, this year they've got, they could win this year potentially. After that, they're probably done. Their window's probably closed now. Really? Yeah. This year, they've got this year. And I think next year. Has the Chiefs year, window closed? No, I said, unless you're, unless you're Papa Holmes or Aaron Rodgers. You don't sign these kind of deals. And I, I, what I said was, I. So Russell Wilson, way too, he's paid way too much. What well, do you, well, like, what's the money cap for you? Look, I mean, look what, look what Seattle's been able to build around him. Right. They, they haven't been able to, to, they haven't been able to build around him because he makes a lot of money. Like that. Well, I mean, they're not, they're not six and 10 every year. Sure. But I, I said the championship window is closed. Like you're, you're not. So there's only two teams in the NFL. With a high-paid quarterback who can win the championship, and then it's got to be someone younger. Rookie deals or best quarterbacks of all time. And and look at Tom Brady took less, and he did it for so long in New England. So what's the cap for you? I mean – million? Probably th- – it depends on the player, certainly, but I would say 30 is, is starting to push it. And, again, I, I'm not an anti-pay-the-players guy. I, I think players deserve a lot more than they make. I, I think in an open market – a player like even Josh Allen, but Patrick Mahomes or you know Aaron Rodgers, guys like that should probably be making like seventy-five or eighty million dollars. That's what I believe, but it's a salary cap world. So on the on the title board, the Bucks are a legit bet at plus four fifty. Chiefs are a legit bet at five to one. Rams no with Matt Stafford at ten to one because Matt Stafford makes an excess of thirty-four million. Yeah, doubtful. Okay, so no. Bills yes still because Allen's new deal hasn't kicked in. Packers yes. Uh, Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo makes $28 million. Sure, but he might be off the books by that point. Okay. So Dak Prescott out. Cowboys have no chance Cowboys to win the title out. at 20 to 1. Yeah, Cowboys are out. All right. Vikings, same thing. What 20, is, $28 yeah, million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're probably out, but th- that's not, you know, that's not mid 30s. Carson Wentz, not only the injury, but. I guess I, should, I guess I should have all these salaries ready to go. High twenties, you can high twenties, you can still justify. You can probably still get by. It's when you start getting into those low thirties, mid thirties. I mean, upper thirties, forget it. 
So Ravens are done in another year. Their window's pretty narrow. So what, what's the alternative? You just dump them? You, you move on, or you find guys, or guys take less money, which sucks. It, again, I am not an anti-pay-the-player guy. Pay them a lot of money. They should I, make no salary cap. That's fine with me. But in a salary cap world, you've got to understand, you know, the percentage of your payroll you're taking up with the quarterback. And yeah, the quarterback's the most important position for sure. But again, what are we talking about with Brady for all these years? He would take less money so that the, they could build around him. He took, he probably could have got a lot more money somewhere else than Tampa. He took, he took less. Like that's what it takes to to make it here. And if you're going to be, I don't begrudge players for saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to be the highest paid player." That's fine. But at some point, you you are going to cost the team when you're trying to build around them. Now, I, I will say what the Bills are banking on, and I think is what the Chiefs kind of banked on a little bit, is hey, the, the salary cap's going to explode. Two, three, four years from now, it's going to blow up so much that this is going to be a, a good deal. That's that's fine. That's a gamble, though. Right. So Deshaun Watson, you trade for what, like a fifth for him? I think He's, Deshaun Watson's closer to the to the Mahomes, the Rodgers level because he makes thirty nine million. Yeah, but I, by by your numbers, I'm saying you I can't win with Deshaun Watson. But I think he's in that level where you can, like he's he he's a top three quarterback. Right. It's it, he's the next guy behind those two. Um, now the issue with him, of course, is can he play, uh, and like what's the value now? Like I think it was probably three firsts before all this happened. Now you probably, as you said, like a fourth or a fifth, they'll probably only get. So I think that's why they hold on to him. Uh, once they have more certainty about a discipline, then maybe they can make the deal. So the cutoffs, you said, you think it's thirty million. I mean, I, there's not a set number, no. But I, I Russell think it's, Wilson makes thirty-five. He's too high. Aaron Rodgers makes thirty-three and a half, and he's just better. You can still do it minus a million and a half dollars. Yeah. And, Kirk and, Cousins and makes level. thirty-three. Carson Wentz makes thirty-two. Matt Ryan, you can't win a title. Well, he's right on the cusp because he makes thirty. Ryan Tannehill, can you? Because he's twenty nine and a half million. Can you win a title? Yeah, I mean you're in a little bit different. I mean, you can. It's going to be tough for them, but they're it's a little bit less. They would know to build around him a little bit. So if Derek Carr is like, I want to be a top ten paid quarterback, and I want thirty two million, you walk over the two million? No chance. You walk? Yeah. Who's the next quarterback? Mariota as a bridge. Well, you got to draft somebody, but yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with Mariota. I'd, I'd take. You'd pass on Derek Carr if he wanted thirty two a year for like four years with most of it guaranteed. Wow. Yeah, I'm not pay I'm not over I I keep I want to watch the phrasing. Overpaid is not the right word. Again, I there is a limit him. and then you are yeah. in salary cap hell and then you can't build a proper team around them. Yeah. So but, you're saying around 30 is the cutoff. But if you tell me, yes, I think I'll be clear. Unless think, it's Mahomes. I think Derek Carr or, is better or Rodgers. Yeah, I think Derek Carr is better than Mariota right now. I'm not making that argument. I'm not making that case. But if you tell me that we can have Mariota right now is at three and a half. If he was a starter, you'd have to pay him more probably, but Right now he's at three and a half. If you say you can have Mariota at three and a half, and then sign like elite players at four or five different positions because you're paying him a lot less, like I I make that deal, and that that's the that's the decision that teams have to make. There, Josh Allen just signed for over forty three million dollars a year, Man, second highest paid guy, but the highest guaranteed. That's insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> All right, let's flip the page with a little baseball on the way back. Uh, Dave Koken will join us, and we'll uh, get his reaction on this Phillies run and if the Phillies are worth a play tonight. All right, rolling on here on a Tuesday. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Dave Koken's with us. Talk a little baseball. What's up, Dave? 
I'm just uh, enjoying some day game action. I watched the Brewers beat the Cubs, watching the Angels game right now, which is a weird one because it's in Anaheim, but they're the road team. Nice. Uh, before we get to all the baseball stuff, I wanted to get your reaction to uh, Desiree Reed-Francois bolting for the SEC and Missouri and uh, maybe what's next for UNLV in terms of the athletic director spot. Well, my first thought uh, was, uh, boy, this is a great opportunity to go out and get Lon, uh, Lon Kruger to be the AD, but he's not interested. So uh, I, I guess for me, uh, I'm, I'm hoping they will go out and hire someone who thinks big uh, and, and tries to take UNLV to a major conference and get out of the Mountain West. I think that should be the first order of business. What's your goal for UNLV? Is it to stay in the MWC or to get someplace else? How about Dave Koken? <laughs> no. First of all, I don't know. The, I don't know what the salary would be, um, <laughs> and uh, no, I, I think I'd pass on that. Let me just ask you this: I mean, if it was Lon Kruger, who I I would love to, and he said he didn't want it, but how would you feel about putting a guy in a position that could have to fire his son? Uh, well, that I I don't know what they would do about that. I was just thinking of, of it from a connection standpoint. Yeah, me too. Uh, for a couple of years, I don't think it would be something that would, you know, wouldn't be like a next fifteen-year job or something like that. But I think Lon, with his connections, uh, could put UNLV in a great position uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, but you know, I, he's retiring, uh, and, and I think we know now that he really is retiring. Dave Hogan's with us. All right, Dave. A little baseball. First of all, uh, what do you make of the Phillies' run? of late uh well look they took advantage of some weak opposition which is what you need to do if you're going to be a playoff team now it gets tougher because the dodgers are coming to town so we'll find out a little bit about them here uh the one thing i can say is look look at the price of this game you got a team that's won eight in a row they're in first place and they're a substantial home dog to the dodgers uh part of that is aaron nola's not having a great season and Max Scherzer looks like he is really fueled about being a part of the Dodgers. Uh, his first start was impressive. So I think the Dodgers win tonight, but at the price it's at, I wouldn't bet it. Yeah, a lot of people agree with you. It's come down like 15 cents in the last three hours, so now it's uh, Dodgers minus 150 going into that one uh, at the Phillies. Uh, I know I've asked you this like a million times in the NL East. I still think it's the Braves, and a lot of it I base on the fact that the, when the Braves are dominant, they're dominant. They're, they're a run differential yep. you know, better than anyone in the division. Phillies got on this run. Do you believe in the Phillies long-term, or is it still the Braves' division to freaking storm back and take? I, I would make Atlanta the favorite. I'm rooting for the Phillies because I have an over-ticket on their 81 wins, uh, which at least is uh, in a decent position now. Uh, so I, I obviously want them to win just so I'll cash my ticket. But I think the Braves are probably built to, uh, to do it better. They've got a, a much more reliable bullpen after the pieces they picked up at the deadline, and uh, it looks like Max Fried might be coming around, and that's a big, big element of their starting rotation. Uh, it's it's hard to believe this team's actually played better since Acuna went out, but that's the case. Yeah, I want to believe the Yankees are for real because now they're 12 games over 500. They've won 9-11. They got one yesterday against the Royals, but I also think we need to look at the schedule, and uh, they did what they were supposed to do, but they, they also displayed the Royals. The uh, Mariners, the Marlins, the O's. Are you seeing signs that make this a real Yankees run? Well, I think we saw the best sign for them last night, which is Jamison Tyon. He is having a great run. Uh, I think he was the pitcher of the month for July, and it was very impressive last uh, last night. I would assume Garrett Cole will be back soon. Uh, The problem is they just can't seem to field a lineup on a daily basis. I mean, uh, I'm not going to 
cry poverty for the Yankees, but they've had a ton of injuries this year, and it it doesn't seem to be going away. I mean, two more guys get hurt over the weekend, and and they remain shorthanded. So I don't think they're going to make it. Chris Hale's coming back on Saturday, and uh, boy, the Red Sox need a boost. They've lost Ooh. eight of ten. All right, what do we expect from Sale the rest of the season? What's his his innings limit? I mean, is he just going to be an opener, three innings? What is it? I haven't the slightest idea. Um, if he's only going to be used in short stints, then make him the closer. Uh, really? Yeah. Why not? I mean, if, if it's better than for me, if you're going to use Chris Sale for three innings every f- uh, five days. Uh, <laughs> Use him for one inning uh, two or three times a week where he can close out games, which Matt Barnes isn't doing right now. So I'm, it's been done before, and it, it all depends on how they're going to use him. If he's going to be a full-time starting pitcher again, that's great. But if it's going to be, well, we're just going to put him out there for uh, you know 80 pitchers or something like that, I'd rather see him uh, throw 30 pitches three times a week than 80 or 90 pitches one time a week. I mean, would the would the concern be potentially being in the playoffs? You want to have him built up to being a starter, and that's why you're just going to try to, you know, stretch him out as much as you can in the season. I guess, but uh, I mean, their bullpen's failing them right now, and I, I think that really is a key element for this team. Their rotation isn't that. I mean, obviously, he's a better add to the rotation than Martin Perez, who's been awful. <laughs> but but there's just no guarantee that Sale's going to be able to go out there off Tommy John and immediately, or not even immediately, but even before the end of this season, get back to being the normal Chris Sale. So I want to I maximize his usage without jeopardizing him for next year. What is going on with Mike Trout right now? And the Angels, they're kind of around, <laughs> but it would be great if they had Trout crazy. around. Yeah, but I, I don't know if he's coming back this season. I'm starting to think that he might not. Uh, this, I mean, Madden didn't say specifically what the issue is, except that he, the timetable gets keeps on getting pushed back. So clearly he's not where they want him to be, and he's not where he wants to be. And it's taken much longer than anybody thought it would. He was supposed to be back by mid-August. Uh, that's, uh, that's clearly not going to happen. I, I mean, Steve, a month I was out with my torn calf? <laughs> <laughs> same, yeah, same, same level of athletic responsibility. No, it, it, like Dave said, Madden was hinting at something mental, which is, you know, I mean, it, it sort of explains it. it's a calf strain, and we're going on three freaking months for Mike Trout. So I'm not sure what the hell's going on. Coken's with us. He does DC and the Sunshine Man, our podcast each and every week. Uh, of course, he's with WagerTalk.com. All right, Dave. Um, in the National League, because the the AL race for the wild card is still pretty competitive. I don't yep. know if the A's can hold off the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Mariners. It's you know it's going to be tough. Are the Reds? Could the Reds actually threaten the Dodgers and the Padres because of the injuries with both of those teams? The Reds have actually been playing really good baseball, and I they did it under the radar, but they did a really good job of fortifying their bullpen. And this is a really big series for them as they head into yep. Atlanta uh, because Atlanta's not out of it yet. I mean, you know, the Braves they could still make up that ground. In San Diego, now I know they've gotten really good starting pitching the last three games, but is that going to hold up? I think that's a question mark. Uh, I think on paper the Padres are still the team to beat as far as the second wild card is concerned. I, I think the Dodgers have to be made the favorite for the first wild card. Um, but I, the Reds, the Reds have a chance. Uh, I, I would, if I'm making a prediction, I say no. I think they'll fall short. Right. But uh, but they're but they're in it, and if they can stay as they're not going to stay this hot, but if they can continue to play decent ball, 
uh, maybe one of the other two falters. Yeah, the money's on Atlanta. That one's bumped up like 15 cents, so Atlanta minus 120 against Cincy. It's gray and, and smiling. I will say I did. I don't place baseball bets uh, every day, but I did take a look at the Nats today, plus 195 at the time. Espino against Carrasco. I just don't trust Carrasco, and I also don't trust that the Mets are going to immediately pull out his tailspin. No, neither do I. I mean, uh, uh, the polar bear's not hitting at all. Uh, they're just not very good right now, and I think we're starting to see the, the domino impact from from Degrom as far as the pitching staff is concerned because the the other guys have fallen off, particularly Taiwan Walker, who's so bad right now. I'm sure they'd like to get him out of the rotation. They don't have anybody to put in his place. Right. Uh, what do you think of the Padres' news that they're actually considering taking Tatis out of the infield to save his shoulder, save his arm, and have him play the outfield the rest of the season? I think he will become a center fielder. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he's not a great shortstop, okay? He's, he makes spectacular plays, but he's got an erratic arm. And quite honestly, I'd rather see him in the outfield. I think he uh, a lot better chance he can stay nice and healthy out there. Uh, you, you want to maximize everything you can out of Tatis offensively. Whether he likes it or not, I think it's probably the right move for him in the long run, and it might be right, the right move for the Padres as well. You know, I mentioned the Reds earlier because uh, I'm not super confident the Pods are going to keep it up. And uh, while the Dodgers are freaking loaded and they just added some you know important players in Scherzer and Trey Turner, they, they're also not getting good news on the injury front. I, I didn't no. realize that you know they trade for Danny Duffy. He's now put on the 60-day IL. So he's not uh, back until September 18th. Kershaw's probably out until at least September 5th. Uh, these are not good signs for the Dodgers. I know they keep trying to build depth through trades, and they got Cole Hamels, but he's not going to be back for a while. I think he topped out at like 88. What do you think yeah, of the Dodgers I, right now? I, I wouldn't count on Cole Hamels much. Yeah. I think that that ship has sailed. Um, I, I'll give you a weird take on Kershaw. I think this might actually be a benefit for him. Because he's worn down in the past and has not been as effective come postseason as he is in the regular season. So this means less mileage. And if he's healthy, assuming he's healthy, when he comes back in early September, he could be dynamite the rest of the way. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be the greatest Kershaw we saw in his prime. But he can still be a really strong number three starter on this team. And uh, who's Trevor Bauer? Anybody remember him? Right. Well, he's in trouble. He's in big trouble. He's probably well, back the thing season. is. Yeah. If you if you said in, in April, oh, by the way, you're going to lose Bauer in midseason and he's, he's done for the year, right. I think people would have said, well, that's it for the Dodgers. Uh, they don't have that many worries right now. So if he's not back, no big deal. Uh, last one, Dave. I know uh, we've talked about COVID and the college football season, and you're probably going to wait a lot later in the week to make your bets. And I know you're not a big NFL guy, but I do find the Vikings – current situation fascinating with Kirk Cousins saying, you know, put him in a glass box and you know, he'll be ready to play, uh, you know, moving down the road. But they just had these big COVID issues, and it looks like yep. all three guys are unvaccinated with Cousins, Mond, and Stanley. This would make me nervous as hell to put anything on the Vikings before freaking Sunday morning. And also they've got a pro-vax coach in Zimmer. Yep. Uh, I think you've got some potential chemistry issues on that football team. I am going to be – I mean – Look, I'm sure every team in the league has its yays and nays as far as the vaccine goes. Your quarterback, though. Well, the thing is, it yeah, it's it's the key position, and he's in conflict with the coach. And I think there's going to be sides taken there. I think the teams that have the big splits on the vaccine issue are going to have some chemistry issues. And uh, I'm going to try and exploit that because I think this will be, unlike college football, we're not going to find out which clubhouses or which uh, which teams have you know, splits as far as uh, the opinions go. But in the NFL, everything gets public. 
So we're going to find out about this stuff as time goes on, and I think it could be advantageous to betters. Find him on wagertalk.com. Dave, we appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, guys. Have a good one. Dave Koken. Dave Koken. All right, up next, we're going to get to our uh, Broncos preview. Cofield and Company's number 25 uh, team in the rankings. Nick Ferguson from the fan is on the way.